Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. Who's excited to be at church today? All right. All right. I am too. Man, it is good. Grab your Bibles if you would, and uh, whether it's digital, turn me down a little bit. I'm a little loud up here at least. Um, Grab your Bibles, whether it's the digital or paper. I got both. I got my iPad and I got my paper Bible. And um, it's going to be good today. We've been in a series uh, entitled Clean Canvas in which we've been looking at the book of Ephesians. And uh, if you haven't been with us, I'll catch you up in just a moment. Uh, But man, we had some fun last night with some of the guys in the church. We went and threw some axes um, and we threw them at a wall, uh, not at each other. Um, when I was growing up, when I had three older brothers, and we would throw them at each other. Someone actually asked me last night, Pastor, have you done this before? I'm like, yes, but it was with moving targets. Come on, somebody. Um, but last night, we went to an axe-throwing place, and we had a good time. If that sounds like something fun for you guys and you want to get involved in that, uh, we have a men's ministry, uh, really a small group, on the first Saturday of every month. And uh, Cody, would you stand up? This is Cody Turner right here. And um, that guy right there. If, if you want to get connected in uh, with the men, go see this guy right here. And so we had a fun time. I also want to say a huge thank you to Thrivent um, because uh, we, we, uh, we partnered with Thrivent Financial. And uh, we were able to um, donate 500 backpacks full of food to people in need uh, last month, which was awesome. And uh, so thank you for being a part of that. But not only that, uh, they came to us and said, hey, we want to do something for the men. And so they sponsored the whole night last night, paid for everything. And uh, so it was, it was like a double blessing, man. We had fun. Good time. Good things are happening. Um, if you weren't here for last week's message, man, you've got to go back and watch it because my wife preached a phenomenal message. That was my wife up here, by the way, earlier. Um, and she preached an amazing message last week. And uh, I mean, it was so good. She had like a science experiment going on on stage while she was preaching. And I mean, every week she's coming up with new analogies and things like that. I don't know if I can have her preach anymore because I can't keep up. Um, Because here I find myself trying to study for a message, but all I keep thinking is, how do I outdo her analogy? Come on, somebody. And uh, Miles, I might need your help, man. Like she had a science project going. She was preaching. It was, it was awesome. So you got you to gotta check that out. Uh, but we're going to jump to uh, chapter 5 of Ephesians. Going to go to verse 21. And we're going to close out chapter 5 today. And then over the next two weeks, then we'll close out the whole entire book. And hopefully you've been getting something out of it. It's been, it's been incredible. Um, here's what we've uh, learned so far together in our study. It is this. Number one, we've learned that God is building his church. Amen. Now that should excite you because you are his church. Uh, The church is not the building. The church is not the gathering, although it is the called out, called together ones. The church is you. It's people. It's individuals. We are the church. And so that's exciting to me because that means when God talks about building his church in scripture, he's building us. He's building us up. Uh, Secondly, uh, we, we, we understand that we've been invited into being a part of building it. Okay, it's one thing to be what he's building. It's another thing now for him to say, hey, not only are you going to be what I'm building, I want you to be an active part of building it. So you heard my wife talking about, hey, if you if you want to get involved, here's that next step. What is that? That's you being an active part of building the church. You say, pastor, does that only happen on Sunday mornings? No, it happens all the times. It happens when you're going to your workplace. It happens when you're in your neighborhood with your families. Uh, You can be an active part of building his his house. He invited us into being a part of building it. Thirdly, um, we're gonna face challenges. How many of you guys realize you're gonna face challenges? Three of you, I guess the rest of you are unique. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, You're gonna face challenges, and here's what we've understand is that most of those challenges are gonna be relational. 
because he's building people, and, and he's bringing people together. And really, that's what, that's what the book of Ephesians is about. The book of Ephesians starts out uh, with Paul writing to what's becoming the church at Ephesus, saying, hey, I'm bringing together the Jews, and I'm bringing together the Gentiles. Now, we did some back study on this, and we realized that these people were, were, were opposed to one another. They were opposed to one another in the way they believed, in the way they lived their lives, um, just everything about them. But here, God says, no, I can bring together whomever I want, and I can make my own people out of them. And so he's bringing together these people. And so because of that, there's going to be challenges, and most of those challenges are going to be relational. How many know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever had any relational challenges before? How many of you are married? If you're married, you should just automatically keep your hand up for the whole entire message right now. Like, hey, just keep my hand up. Have you ever dated before, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's some challenges, right? Uh, but fourthly, uh, we can rise above, and I want you to get this, because Paul drives this home in little pieces throughout. We can rise above every obstacle and challenge if we walk in obedience to him, that's God, and in love and in unity with one another. Okay, there's three pieces there. We can, we can rise above these challenges that we're gonna face as, as a church. And once again, most of them are relationally. We can rise above these challenges if we walk in obedience to God first and foremost, but then in love and in unity with one another. Now here's the thing, it's in that order. Because if you're obeying God, Loving people and walking in unity with people is a lot easier. The reason we struggle walking in love and in harmony and unity with people is because we're not surrendered to God. When you're surrendered to him and walking in obedience, man, loving and walking in unity with one another becomes a lot easier. And so we're going to pick it up, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21. And it reads, and further. Now, why does it say and further? Well, last week's message, um, my wife talked about uh, living a spirit-filled life or, or walking in the spirit, right? That, that how we walk this thing out. And that's where the science project came in and it was really cool, all right? Um, but walking in the spirit. And so this idea of walking in the spirit, how are we gonna be the church? How are we gonna be in harmony and in unity with one another? How is this going to look? Well, you've got to walk in the spirit. You've gotta live a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life. What does that look like? Um, well, well, to me, um, obviously, uh, to me, it starts with prayer. Like, like, I need to start my day out with a conversation with God. If I, I want my life to be led by God, I should probably be in communication with God. And I'm telling you, for me, it happens in the simplest ways. Now, we might try to over-spiritualize that and think, well, you're a pastor. Yeah, you should probably be in prayer for the message for Sunday. Listen to me. If the only thing I'm in prayer in is for a message for Sunday, you guys are going to be hurting. I'm going to be hurting. Look, I'm not just praying for a message on Sunday. I'm praying for my life. Um, I, I go to God and say, God, here's what's happening. Here's what's taking place. Man, would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you direct me? A very specific example of that happened real recently, actually. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we got this building about 18 months ago, 19 months ago now, and uh, we've only been in it for like, like a part of that time. And, uh, but last winter, we discovered some issues that were taking place in the building, last summer some, and one of those was the AC units. If you've never had to replace an AC unit on your house, it's not cheap. Uh, well, just multiply that for the big AC unit we have right over here. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's, it's, it's huge, right? It's like the size of some of your houses, okay? Thing's big. And, uh, and we had like three different people come out and they said, you're just gonna have to replace it. And it's gonna cost like $30,000 or something like that. And I'm just like, man, we'll just pretend like we're in you know, a third world country without an AC unit. Come on, somebody. That's a lot of money. And so about, I don't know, it was about eight weeks ago, I was in a prayer time. 
And I was just praying through, and I, have, I kind of have a system of things that I pray through. I pray for my marriage, I pray for my kids, I pray for my family, and then I begin to pray for the church and different things in the church. And I was praying for the church, and all of a sudden I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't audible. It was like a little small voice inside of me. It said, hey, have those AC units checked again. And I kind of chuckled because we've had like, I don't know, Jan would have to cry. We've probably had like three or five different uh, AC companies come out. And so I came into staff that day and said, hey, I want you to call three more companies. I want you to have them checked out. And so we did, and the very first company that comes out had that thing working in what, five minutes? Had that thing working in five minutes. Uh, five minutes, $30,000. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? That's, that's fantastic. So then I said, hey, I don't know what they did different than the other company, or maybe it's just the Holy Spirit, like, you know, touching the AC unit. I believe in that. Come on now. Um, I don't know what's going on, but hey, let's have him check out all the other ones because we had another one in the chapel um, that wasn't working. And so he went, goes over to the chapel and he said, well, it's missing a part. And we're like, well, how much is the part? And they're like, I don't know, it's like 50 bucks or something. I'm like, order that thing. He goes, let me go back up. He goes back up and all of a sudden he comes back down. And he goes, I did some more digging around and I found the part laying down at the bottom of the AC unit, put it back on, fire that thing right up. It's working. Come on, somebody. Right? Like, you're saying, Pastor, if I'm led by the Spirit, all my AC units will work? Maybe, okay? I don't know. But I do know this. I'm so glad that I'm taking time to walk in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. And so Paul now continues this thought with the next verse. It's not a separate idea. I want you to understand that. Because so many times when we, when we mention Ephesians 5, if you've been around church for a while, you hear Ephesians 5 and you immediately think, oh, it's the passage about marriage. But what we're going to see today is it's not a passage about marriage. It's a passage about something that, that, that relates to marriage. And so he says, furthermore, why is he saying that further? He's talking, hey, the same idea, walking in the spirit, here it is, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I want you to highlight that. We're gonna camp on that. Submit to one another. What does it mean of reverence? It means honoring Jesus, honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how I want you to honor him. I want you to honor him by submitting to one another. And this is furthering on the idea of the way you do this is by walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit, submit to one another and honoring him. Not only honoring him doing this, but honoring him by looking to him as our example. And then he goes on and he gives three very specific ideas, one for marriage, one for children, and one for, uh, one for employers. It says this, verse 22, for wives, this means, okay, we're taking it from the idea, submitting to one another. So in a marriage relationship for the wife, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of, the, of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Who's the example? Christ. If we were gonna take this example even further, we could go back and we could see what Christ did. Christ submitted his will to the Father. We go back to when Jesus was at this moment, I mean this pivotal moment in history and in his own life, when, when the call for him was to go to the cross and die on the cross for the salvation of all humanity. He was in the garden, the Bible says, and he was wrestling back and forth with this idea, but he came to this conclusion. Nevertheless, not my will, not Jesus' will be. He surrendered his will to the will of the Father. That's submission. 
He says, here, here, wives, here's what I want you to do. If we're looking at the example of Christ, wives, I want you to submit just as Jesus did to the will of the Father. Women, I want you to submit to your, to your husband. So Jesus is the great example. Are you with me today? Verse 25, for husbands this means. So, so are you catching that? Because I've been to weddings too oftentimes, and the idea of submission gets put on the woman, and then there's this other idea put on the man. But, but, but it's submission for both. So for the woman, it means this, and now it says, for the husband, submission looks like this. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of the word. Okay, who's our example again? It's Jesus. Jesus not only showed submission when he surrendered his own will to the will of the Father, he then also shows submission when he says, now I'm going to lay down my life for the church. And, and, and it's submission in both. Washed by the cleansing of the word, verse 27. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Praise Jesus. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but, but, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. It's a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say to each man, must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Verse 21 again. And further, walking in the spirit, I want you to submit to one another. I want you to hear the context now. The context is not a marriage relationship. The marriage relationship was an example of how verse 21 is played out. You with me? We are to submit to one another within the church out of reverence for Christ. I wanna to talk to you on the next few moments about going from rights to submission. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Uh, Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, you would take this passage, God, you would breathe new life on it, and, Lord, we would walk out of here today uh, with, with, with a greater sense of who you are, a greater sense of the church, and, and a greater love for one another. So, God, I pray you'd help me now create a place for people to encounter your son, Jesus, know your incredible love, and understand the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, <clears throat> amen. And because, you know, Ephesians chapter 5 is, is kind of known as the marriage passage, obviously, I've done a lot of weddings in my life. And uh, so I started thinking about some of the ones I've done. And so some, some stories kind of came up. And I, I remember this one time, there, there's a wedding, right? And it's your traditional wedding. The, the bride comes in all dressed in white. And, and, you know, there's couples throughout. And then there's some kids. And, and this little girl leans over to mom. And you can hear her whisper, mommy. And the mom's like, yes. Why, why is the bride wearing white? And the mom sat there for a minute, minute and turned to her little daughter and said, well, uh, it's because white represents joy and happiness. And so the girl shook her head and sat there for a minute and then leaned back over and goes, why is the groom wearing black then? <laughs> yeah, figure that one out. I don't know. Um. But since it's not a passage about marriage only, I started thinking about this big, big idea 
in there, and it reminded me of a story of a lion. How many of you guys like lions? I was asked the other day, like, what's one of your favorite animals? And I was like, it's got to be a lion. Because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions, right? And like, like the lion, it represents. Anybody ever watched, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia movies and all that? Yeah, it's just epic, right? It's got to be a lion. So I started, thinking about, I started thinking about a lion. I was reminded of the story about a lion. Let's just call him Leo because that was his name. And uh, Leo wakes up one morning and he's going to go get water. And so he gets up and he's going to the watering hole. And, and as he's headed to the watering hole, he sees the monkey. And he comes over to the monkey and he picks up the monkey and slaps the monkey around. And he says, who's the king of the jungle? And the monkey looks at him and goes, well, you are Leo. Everyone knows that. And Leo proudly puts him down and struts off, continues down, goes a little farther and sees a gazelle gaze, grazing in the fields and goes over to that gazelle and comes out and just pops him right in the mouth. Gazelle stunned and said, hey, who's the king of the jungle? The gazelle says, well, well, you are Leo. Everyone knows that. And Leo struts off, heads off to the watering hole, and he's getting to the watering hole, and there's an elephant blocking the way, drinking. So Leo jumps up on that elephant, scratches his back, and then jumps off. And the elephant turns around, looks at him with this angry look. And Leo goes, hey, who's the king of the jungle? The elephant wraps his trunk around the lion and starts smacking him back and forth. And then chucks him across the watering hole where he hits trees and falls down. And Leo gets up, stunned and dazed and confused, looks, looks across and goes, Hey, just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean you got to get mean. <laughs> I get mean about it. Here's the thing. I think, I think in our world today there are too many Leos. There are too many people that are out there flexing. There are too many people. Let's just take it within the church. Maybe it happens in the church too. Too many people out there like, hey, this is who I am. This is the treatment I deserve. This is the way things should be handled. Everybody should know. We're, we're, we're a little bit like Leo. But here in this passage, you know what Paul does? Paul says, hold on a second. There is a completely different way of walking out your life when you are in the church. There's a completely different way of living things out when you are a part of this thing called, called the kingdom of God. And he says it, and he picks it up in verse 21. He says, hey, I want you to submit yourselves to one another. Submit yourself to one another. And then he goes on, and he gives these very specific ideas. In this passage, we've got to catch this. Paul lays out a greater depth of how we walk out loving one another. Paul, Paul, Paul takes it to a whole, a whole new place when he says, I want you to submit to one another. Because here's the thing, in the kingdom of God, it's different. In, in church, remember, remember the context of who he's talking to. If we don't understand the context of who he's talking to, I think we miss it. He's talking to the church, and he's talking about two opposing groups that are now being blended together. And he's saying, hey, I want you to walk this thing out. I want you to walk in harmony. I want you to walk in love. I want you to walk in you. I want you, I want you to submit to one another. Now, just like it was for them, it is for us today. It's completely opposite of the way the world wants us to walk things out. Because in the world, everything's about equality. Okay? Now, I know some of you are already sitting back in your seat like, well, yeah, it should be. It should be. Well, well, I got great news for you. In the kingdom of God, that's already been covered. Paul actually wrote about this when he wrote to the church at Galatia. In Galatians 3.28, he, he says, hey, by the way, guys, I want you to know something. The equality thing, it's already been covered. We're all equal in the eyes of Christ Jesus. 
we all get the same inheritance. We all, we all get to go to heaven. We all get eternal relationship with him. Like, 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 like there's the focus. Like, we're all equal. As a matter of fact, it says this, this way in Galatians 3.28, says there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Remember the context of who he's talking to. Now, if you take that passage and you try to place it on the world, that doesn't work. It's those that are surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ, those that are a part of the body, those that are a part of the kingdom. We've come to this understanding. Now, wait a second. And, and, and literally, it breaks down racial divide. It breaks it all down. It breaks down economic class. There's no, there's no slave. There's no, no free. There's no, no. Everybody, you're on. When you come to Jesus, you're all on the same playing field. We're all one in Christ Jesus. He says, so I don't want you to take the concept of equality and put it into the kingdom. It's not about, because here's what equality does. You know what equality does? Equality fights for rights. Doesn't it? Now, I know, I know some, I still, I feel it. I, I can feel the tension in the room, especially with 2020 having happened, especially within 20 days we're having an election and COVID will magically be over. Anyway, I didn't say that. Oh, my wife's mad at me now. I can feel the tension with 2020. Listen to me. You've got to understand this. We are called to a different place as Christ followers. We are called. So can we still fight for racial injustice as Christians and as Christ followers? Absolutely. 100%. We just go about it a different way than the rest of the world does. Because here's the thing. The rest of the world, the answer is we need equal rights. And I agree with that up to a certain point. The point is we don't fight for equal rights because in the kingdom of God, it's about submission. And see, in the world where it's about rights, we're fighting for something. I, we need this. We need that. We got to have this and we need more of that. But see, in the kingdom of God, it's about submission. It's about me laying down my rights rather than fighting for my rights. In the kingdom of God, it's like, look, man, I'm going to lay this. Now, think about it this way. If everyone did that. How much peace would there be? And this is what, what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to submit to one another. Here's one of the big problems. See, submission, biblically, the definition is to arrange under. That means you make the choice. I'm going to arrange myself under. I'm going to subject myself to. I'm going to obey. This is it. I'm going to put myself in subjection. The choice is yours. Because of the grace of God, that's all I'm choosing to. Okay, but see, submission in, in the secular, it's this. It is a yielding of control to a more powerful or authoritative entity. Does anybody see the difference there? See, and I think that's why, why sometimes we come into church and we hear messages about this, and we have, but we have the wrong definition, Oh, well, if I submit, that means I just yielded. That's just me telling them they're more powerful than I am. No. By me submitting, I actually hold the power by the grace of God, and I say, I'm willing to come under. I'm willing to lay that down. I'm willing to, are, are you catching this today? It's a submission. So when Paul says, I want you to submit to one another, it's not like, well, all right, they're bigger than me, so... No, the bigger person is the one that says, look, I might deserve all of this, 
but I'm gonna surrender all that. I mean, this is, this is the way of the gospel. This is, this is what Jesus did, right? I mean, our example is him. And what did he say? He said, hey, if anyone desires to come after me, he must what? Deny himself, everything, and then, and then pick up his cross and follow after him. See, this, is, this isn't something that Jesus just asks us to do. This is something he models for us. This is something he models for us. But see, in, in, in the world, we want to be like Leo. We want people to recognize, hey, do you know who I am? Hey, do you know? And, and we'll get attorneys and we'll fight for rights. and we'll do, No, no, it's completely opposite in the kingdom of God. It's not about rights. It's about, it's about surrender. Weren't we singing that today? I surrender. If you ever need another voice for worship, let me know. I surrender. Why are you laughing? I'm totally hurt. I want to something. I don't know the words. I should probably learn the words if I'm going to try out for the worship team. Well, it's not fair. They have a confidence monitor back there, and they put the words up for them. They're not doing that for me. Uh, see, we, we, we can talk about and sing about I surrender, but then when it plays out practically, Paul, Paul is very practical in this passage. I want you to submit to one another, and here's how that, here's how that, here's how that plays, plays out. Our example, then, that we're given is the one of marriage. But look at it. The example isn't is marriage. The example is Jesus. Wife, look to Jesus and be like Jesus. Submit. Surrender. Come under. Husband, this is why they're wearing black. you got to die for your wife. Come on, somebody. <laughs> See, you knew it would go full, full circle, right? Not what the Scripture says. You gotta submit, and here's the way you're gonna submit. You're gonna come under, you're gonna, you're gonna lay down your life for her. This is the example. So, so then here to me comes the big question. If we are, if we in the church are asked to live a life of submission, how do we get there? How do we get to a place of, look, I, I've been in church for a long time. I've been a pastor for a long time. And so I know there's a reason why he was writing this to the church at Ephesus. Because even within the church, I mean, well, if they knew who I was, they would ask me to do a solo. <laughs> Kathy. I mean, if they, knew, if they knew what church I came from, what my background is, what my doctorate's in, and what my education is, and I have a, who's the king of the jungle? We want, we want our rights. We, this is, but he says, no, it's about, it's, about, it's about submission. How do we get to that place of surrender, that place of submission? Here it is. It's so simple. Place the highest value on relationship. Place the highest value on relationship. It's not only good, it's biblical. Check it out. Matthew 22, 36 through 39. Teacher. Which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. What is, what is, what is, what is Jesus teaching there? He's teaching put the highest value on relationship. The first relationship is this, the one we have with God. Put, put that as the highest 
value in your life? What is my relationship with God like? And then second to that, what is my relationship with others like? Place the highest value on relationship and then submission will become easy. Let, let me just break it down a little bit. First and foremost, a relationship, relationship with God. I mean, we already, we, already, we already mentioned it, right? Luke 9, 23, the very relationship we walk into with God starts from a place of submission. If you wanna enter into a relationship with me, you must deny yourself. What is that? That's submission. You don't have to do it, but if you wanna be in relationship with him, you have to do it. But no one's making you surrender your life to him. No one's making you submit your life to him. No, no one's making you do that. It's... It's, you get a choice. But if you want to be in relationship, if you value what God has done, if you see in scripture that man, this relationship with him is full of joy, it's full of life, it's full of happiness, it's full, man, it is full. If I look at that relationship, man, that's, I, I value that. Then guess what? Submission is easy. I place the highest value on my relationship with God. It shows us from the very get-go that it's about, about submission. So what do I do? I, I, I choose to spend time with him daily, right? Whether it's in worship, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in the word, whether it's, whether it's a coming to church on a Sunday, whether it's attending a small group, whatever it might be, whatever your form of expression of, uh, of being able to meet with him and feel him closely is, you, you go after that. <clears throat> so many ways. But the question is this, is if you value the relationship, man, doing those things is so easy. Submitting is so easy. But he says, hey, it's not just about coming after me wholeheartedly with all your heart, soul, mind, and all that. There's, there's another relationship. I, I want you to, to love your neighbor. We broke that down before as yourself. I want you to, let me put it this way. It's the same, same idea that Paul used in verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5. Submit to one another in reverence to God. Submit to one another. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, look, I want you to place the highest value on relationships. I want you to place the highest value on relationship. Because see, if, if we place a high value on relationship, then he gives the example of marriage. I've been married for 23 years, a little over actually now. Um, and, and here's the thing. If I don't place a high value on my marriage, on my relationship with my wife, we probably aren't still married today. Right, because I will treat her different. I will interact with her different. I will spend time with her different. I, I will spend my money different. Like, like it changes everything, but because I place this high value on my marriage, man, I make decisions based out of that. Like, like do I wanna be right or do I wanna be married? Come on, somebody. Because as a man, you can be one or the other. You get to choose. Right? Like, this used to drive her, her crazy early on. But I grew up in a super godly home with, I mean, godly parents who showed me what marriage should look like. And, and one of the things that was modeled for me so quickly was the idea of forgiveness and asking for forgiveness. I mean, it's seen right here in Ephesians chapter 5. But I mean, we would, we would be in the middle, and actually, I've had, I've had actually people like, like on leadership that have gotten offended at me, not offended, but kind of upset with me too, because I'm so quick to do this. I'm so quick to look at them and say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? 
Because see, I think so many of us are in this, are used to, okay, I'm gonna bring something, now there's gonna be this tension moment, and we're gonna battle this out, and we're gonna argue it, and this is what's gonna happen. Well, no, that, I, I don't have rights, I surrendered them. And so early on in our marriage, she would be talking, and I would just look at her and say, baby, I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? And she would get so mad at me. Now, either, either I don't ask for forgiveness that much anymore or she just learned to accept that's the way I am. And so it's like, like I, just, I just do it. I'm just like, I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? Why do I do that? Because you know what, I value the, I value, it doesn't matter what really happened or not. What matters is the way she feels right now. And this is my wife. And if she's that upset with me, she's clearly wrong because I'm pretty amazing. So I have to, why do you guys laugh at all the truths I share with you today? And, and so I, I don't care what's going on. All I know is I want harmony here. I want my marriage to, I, I don't want to lose you. Don't leave me, you know? And so it's easy. It's easy for me to ask forgiveness. Whether I'm right or wrong doesn't make a difference. Jesus wasn't wrong, but he died for you. And so it's not about whether or not I'm right in this moment or wrong in this moment. What matters is, am I willing to submit and lay down my life like Christ did for the church, for my wife? And the answer is yes, because I value the relationship. I value the marriage. This is just one example. Listen, it, it goes into work. It goes into, into your children. It goes into church relationships. It goes into the church body. If you value the relationship you have with your pastor, with leaders within the church, with one another, guess what? If that is the highest value, you'll be willing to work some things out. You'll be willing to, to go through some challenging moments. You'll be willing to say, you know what? I'm completely right in this moment, but it's not about me being right. It's about me staying in community, me staying in brotherly love. Now listen to me. I don't want you to take this to this weird place. We are not saying that, because here's, you got to see the context. Verse 21, submit to one another in reverence for God. You take that reverence for God part out, this thing gets weird. But the reverence for God is in there because the question is this, is this relationship, is it building me godly, is it a godly thing, is it kingdom minded? Are you with me? And if it's, if it's bringing honor and glory to God, then I'm willing to submit even if I'm right because it's not about me being right or about me being wrong. It's about me surrendering so that we can work together to build the kingdom of God. But too often times, we want to fight for our right to park. Going way back, sorry. Beastie Boys just entered the sermon. I'm sorry. Too often times we want to fight for our rights. But Paul says, hold on a second, there's a whole new way. I want you to walk in surrender. I want you to walk in, in submission. And I want you to lay that down. This is a new perspective. And our attention needs to be on Christ. And as it is, submission becomes easier. Notice the order. Put the highest value on relationship. Value your relationship with God. And as you value relationship with God, you'll value your relationship with one another. And as you do, surrender and submission becomes easier. God, we thank you so much for your word today. I thank you that your word is awesome. Hallelujah. Such a good God. Do me a favor, just stand to your feet as we close out the service. Hallelujah. 
Now, this idea, just do me a favor, just close your eyes for a moment. Uh, this idea that we see in Scripture that he uses, the very first example he uses. These other ones we're going to get into next week. Parental relationships, children relationship with father and mother. Uh, another one's talked about is, is kind of a, a workplace environment. How that plays out, this is what submission looks like. Um, but as we're, as, we're, as we're just in this moment, marriage being that example, I love what it says at the end. It's, this is the example. This is the model. Nothing models more clearly what the church and Jesus' relationship look like than, than a marriage, a healthy marriage. So you're here, and uh, I want to do, I want to do, I want to pray for marriages today. We'll take it a little further, but I want to pray for marriages today. Um, Here's one thing I've learned. It doesn't matter if here I am at, at, at 20, a little over 23 years of marriage, there's still room for improvement in my marriage. Whether it's 40 years, 50 years, 10 years, five years, one year, however far in you are, there's room for growth. There's room for improvement. So we keep growing, we keep submitting to one another, keep our, 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 our marriage focused on Christ, Christ in the center of it. But there's some of you here today that, um, that you feel like, man, the marriage is like rocky. It's rocky. And, and you've, been wanting to, you've been wanting to flex a little bit. You've been wanting to be like Leo and say, hold on a second. But I just believe in this moment right now, it's like a marriage tune-up right here. You didn't even need to spend any money, go away for a weekend, you just came to church. Come on, in one moment. Holy Spirit breathes upon your marriage, upon your relationship. So with eyes closed, heads bowed. First, I want to pray for those that are, are currently married, but you're experiencing some strain in that, in that relationship and you just need the grace of God to touch it. Eyes closed, heads bowed. The greatest thing you can do is let me know so I can pray for you right now. If that's you, just shoot your hand in there right where you're at. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. You can put your hand down. Thank you for being honest. I believe this with all my heart that in one moment in the presence of God, not only do answers come, but healing comes. I believe Canvas Church is a place of hope and healing. And I believe not only has hope entered this morning right now that you can say, okay, wait, no, we, we were going to make it. We're going to be okay. I believe that healing is coming right now. Whatever is causing that strain. And here's the thing. It, 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 if, you, if, you, if, you, if you peel it all back, it comes back to this, husband, are you submitting to your wife? Wife, are you submitting to your husband? He says, I 100% wholeheartedly submit to my wife, and she 100% wholeheartedly submits to me. And the marriage is beautiful. So I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. But before I do, there's others of you here, and you've walked through divorce. You've walked through separation. And uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of some, some, some scar tissue there. And even when opportunity arises to maybe get back in a relationship, there's a, there's a tendency to pull back because of fear, because of hurts, because of pain. Uh, I believe that today um, he's healing you. He's going to heal you. With eyes closed, heads bowed, that's you. You just raise your hand and say, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Some, some of that could even be taken into a next marriage. But there's healing today. There's healing today. There's healing today. There's healing today. Lastly, I want to pay for our young people. 
say, Pastor, how are you going to pray for young people when it comes to marriage? Young people, you're here. And um, maybe, maybe you've observed your family go through divorce. Or maybe you've observed an unhealthy marriage relationship. But I believe that today the Holy Spirit just wants to put a healthy picture in you for the hope for your future. Hope for your future. And so I don't know how old you are. Maybe you're 15, 16, 18, 20, 30. I don't know. But you'd say, you know what? There's, 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 there's been a little idea of what marriage is. I think is off. And I, I want to be healed in my thinking today. The eyes closed, heads bowed. That's you. Just shoot your hand in the air right where you're at. I want to pray for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. Thank you. pray for that. We'll pray for a couple of things. Lord, I thank you so much. God, for your word that's so clear. God, your word that's so relevant. God, I thank you for Canvas Church, a place of hope and a place of healing. I thank you that hope is rising up right now. God, in each one of those hearts, the people that raise their hand, God, either a hope for what a marriage could look like someday in their life or hope for restoration because of divorce and brokenness or, God, hope right now, Lord, for a marriage that, that seems to have some tension in it. God, I pray hope to arise. But Lord, I thank you that you're not just a God of hope, you're a God of healing. And so, Lord, I pray right now, the Holy Spirit, you would come and you would supernaturally touch each and every person that raised their hand. Lord God, that you would heal the marriage right now. You would touch the marriage right now. God, you would bring supernatural healing. Lord, for those that have walked through, Lord God, bitter separation. God, that you would go to that wound right now and you would heal them and you would touch them and you would mend them. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for those young people, Lord God, that have experienced something that, that they're looking at saying, this isn't healthy, this isn't right. That, God, you would heal their mind and their emotions right now. And that they would not only have hope, God, for a future, God, they would have healing power in their life to experience a great marriage one day. Hallelujah. With every eye closed, every head bowed, you're here and you'd say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I need to submit to him. The Bible says if you want to be in relationship with him, you just got to gotta, gotta surrender your life, lay it all down. Come on and pick up what he lays before you. If you're here today, you'd say, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christ follower. And I want to be that today. I want to I say yes to Jesus. If that is you, just shoot your hand in the air right now. Anybody at all. Maybe you're watching online. Come on, we're going to give you a prayer and pray in just a moment. Come on, come on. If you're watching online right now, all you got to do is say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe you're the Lord and Savior of my life. I believe that you're the Son of God and that you died on the cross for my sins. And so I surrender to you today. Hallelujah. Be my leader. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Here's what we're going to do uh, this morning, and you can do it online as well. Uh, we're going to have the worship team uh, just worship for a little while. And uh, so if you want to stay in this atmosphere and just worship, uh, feel free to do that. If you've got kids, make sure you go get them and check them out, and then you can bring them back into the worship center. Uh, but here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ask some of the prayer team to come up. We're going to put masks on. And if you need prayer for anything, uh, man, we would love to pray for you. Maybe it's something we talked about today. Uh, maybe you said that prayer in your heart, asking Jesus into your life. And if you did that online, there's a link coming up right now that says yes. Make sure you fill it out. Whatever you need prayer for, we're just going to take some moments and just worship him. Make sure you grab your kids, bring them back in if you want to do that. But God bless. Have an amazing week. Come back next weekend as we start chapter six. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.